Welcome to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. Former Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris are officially the Democratic nominees for President and Vice President. In this segment, Drew Littman talks with Al Mater, Carmen Sita Wonder, and Brian McGuire to discuss the importance of the vice presidential pick historically and its significance this year. The team also covers the impact Senator Harris will have on the race at large and whether she is likely to inspire voters and move the needle in battleground states. Hello and welcome to another Brownstein podcast. Today's topic, the selection of Senator Kamala Harris as the Democratic vice presidential nominee. Today, I'm joined by my colleagues, Brian McGuire, former Assistant Secretary for Legislative Affairs at the Treasury Department, and former Chief of Staff to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Al Mater, Senior Democratic Strategist and former Counsel to the Senate Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee. And Carmen Sita Wonder, former Principal Senate Banking Advisor to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, and former staff director of the Senate Banking Subcommittee on Housing, Transportation, and Community Development. Al, let's jump right in. Does the vice presidential pick matter? Does it matter more in this case than it has in previous cases? The second question helps me answer the first, Drew, is that it typically doesn't matter, but in this case it does. It matters because uh, many observers believe that Joe Biden may only run for one term, And so, therefore, his pick as vice president matters more. And it matters more this time because of the historical nature of the pick, the fact that we have for the first time in America's history, not only an African-American woman, but an Indian-American woman nominated on a major party ticket. And that speaks volumes about the progress we've made in our country, but also the progress that we have yet to make. And so I think it does matter significantly more this time than it has in the past. Thanks, Al. Brian, is it possible that a good pick doesn't matter in the polls, but that a poor pick would? Can you think of an example of a pick who held back the ticket, either Democratic or Republican? I don't think, Drew, that she um, hurts the ticket in any way. I think think it's worth reflecting on what what Al said, that it's quite an achievement to have not only an African-American woman, Indian-American woman picked but that that person is viewed as a safe pick, I think is a great sign of progress in our country and something we should all be happy to see in our politics. Uh, I do think, however, that that Kamala Harris, ha- her record is probably something that could be a vulnerability aside from what she does for the ticket in terms of, you know, the, the safety of the pick. I think, you know, there's some questions about her her role as an AG in California and whether or not she can really effectively communicate the Democrat message, the sort of strong positions against police uh, that she seemed to be on the other side of when she was an AG. So I think that can present a serious vulnerability for for Biden and the party going forward. So you think it could be significant in electoral terms? I, I don't know if it could be significant in electoral terms. I think on a, as a messaging matter, it, it, it's a challenge. Um, I don't think that that's something that Biden wants to have to answer for um, through his his VP pick. And so I think it could present a challenge. But, you know, I, I don't think VP picks make much of a difference. I can't think of an example of one making a difference other than, you know, 1960 in, in the race um, where Kennedy picked LBJ in order to win Texas. It was effective. It's hard to think of another 
example of a VP pick being that um, helpful. I don't I don't think in this case it, it moves the needle. It might drive up the vote in New York and California, but those aren't places where Joe Biden needs help. I mean, if 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 uh, Senator Harris were going to be helpful to Joe Biden electorally, then she I think would have had more success in the primaries. Carmen Cita, Senator Kamala Harris is an historic pick, as Al said. What does she bring to the ticket in electoral terms? So I think historically, I don't, I don't, you know, I agree with Al that I don't think the VP nominee has a huge impact in terms of electoral terms, um, really beyond their home state. Senator Harris will obviously bring California, but that would have likely happened anyway. Um, however, I do think her nomination this year is different. Uh, for example, I believe her presence on the ticket will increase voter turnout in key swing states like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan that are all needed to win the presidency. As you may recall, in 2016, Black voter turnout declined for the first time in 20 years, 7% between 2012 and 2016. Um, in each of those states, there was meaningful decline, and those races were extremely close. In some of those precincts, as we've heard a lot, Democrats lost by as little as two votes. So I believe that her presence in combination with Vice President Biden will have a positive impact in electoral terms. And I, I just wanted to quickly say that in terms of you know what Brian said about her ability to potentially hurt the messaging, I think what we've already seen is the fact that a number of progressives, well-known progressives, have already come out in strong support of her. Some have even come out, particularly young Black progressives, and argued for the need to actually really protect her in terms of the, the uh, just real negative and uh, uh, what people believe to be hateful commentary that will come out about her. So I think she's also developing a reputation as someone who is a great listener and will take the time to hear from Black Lives Matter activists and young progressives. And so I actually think that she will not hurt the ticket and she will not hurt Biden uh, with respect to messaging on uh, issues around police brutality and her record in California as AG and district attorney of San Francisco. Thank you, Carmen Cita. Brian, does the selection of Senator Harris represent an opportunity or a vulnerability for Republicans politically heading into November? Yeah, I think probably an opportunity for the reasons we, we've discussed. I think she does have a little uh, bit of a challenge in um, explaining her record in California as AG. And, you know, notwithstanding the support she's received since coming out, I think there's clearly a strong um, desire on the part of all Democrats across the spectrum um, to defeat President Trump. So it would be I think expected that everybody would come out in strong support of the candidate and the VP pick, but that's not going to prevent um, Republicans or President Trump from taking advantage of a record they view as sort of divergent from where the party is right now. Thank you, Brian. Let me change gears a little bit. Brian, does this pick make Harris the front runner for the next nomination, for the next Democratic nomination for president? I'll ask you and then I'll ask our Democrats. Yeah, I, I would certainly think so. Um, Biden has made it clear that either he may or he will only serve one term if, if elected. So the sitting vice president is sort of the de facto heir apparent 
in, in most cases, in, in every case I can think of. So, yeah, I think that this clearly establishes her as the front runner for the next Democratic nominee. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons that she was chosen is because she has that credibility as a former candidate herself and as a sitting senator. And she's she's been a very much a principal in many different roles in her career, very distinguished career. Um, she's been vetted. So I, I think she, um, she, yeah, without question, both because of the job she's going to be assuming as VP pick and potentially as VP, and also because of her background, um, she, she would make a you know natural pick to be the next nominee for the party. Al, you've got high-level Democratic presidential campaign experience. What are your thoughts on Harris as the next nominee? Does she have a leg up on the rest of the field? Yes, but it's not as significant as listeners might think. The bigger leg up for these candidates is when they actually become the vice president. Mm -hmm. If you think about Walter Mondale, who was Jimmy Carter's vice president, Al Gore, who was Bill Clinton's vice president, Joe Biden, who was Barack Obama's vice president, all of them have gone on to be their party's nominee. People who have been the vice presidential candidate don't necessarily become the front runner if their nominee doesn't win. So for her to become the front runner, Biden has to win the election, which I think is going to happen. But Tim Kaine, for example, who was Hillary Clinton's vice presidential nominee, didn't even run for president this time around. So I think it really depends on the election. But she will certainly have her profile elevated and will be in a higher tier of candidates the next time around, regardless. Carmen Cita, do you want to jump in on the answer to this question? I think it's something that our listeners will be interested in. I agree with Al. I think she will be well positioned. I think this will be a great opportunity for her to assume greater executive experience. But I think every, you know, just as he said, we've, we've seen how quickly the world has changed in the last four years, eight years, you know, 12 years. So it really does depend on the election. Mm -hmm. But I do think that the idea of a woman president, a woman of color president is very exciting for large segments of this population. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think it's just a kind of a wait and see game. You know, let her be vice, a successful vice president first. <laughs> Al, if, if the Biden-Harris ticket wins, then California Governor Newsom, a Democrat, of course, will appoint Senator Harris's replacement. Any thoughts on who that might be, on what kind of person Newsom might be looking for? Well, uh, someone who reflects California politics, obviously, and there's plenty of incredibly talented Democrats in California from whom to pick. Uh, two that come to mind for me, uh, both minorities, which I think is important because Senator Harris, as we discussed the historical nature of her pick, uh, we wouldn't want to lose that in the California delegation. And so I think Karen Bass is someone who ought to be considered. She's an incredibly former powerful member of the California state legislature, a rising star in the Democratic House of Representatives, one of Speaker Pelosi's top confidants, and also someone who rose in probably the, to the final five or six of Vice President Biden's considerations for his pick for vice president. Um, ultimately, of course, it was Harris, but she would be terrific. I also think that Javier Becerra, a former congressman from California, a Latino uh, attorney general, 
uh, would be a great pick. Uh, the state has never had a Latino senator, and that would be tremendous as well. But uh, like I said, there's tremendous amount of talent out in that state. Those are two that come to mind for me, but I'm sure the governor will have ample opportunity to make a great selection. Well, as you all know, but our listeners might not, I worked for Senator Harris's predecessor, Senator Barbara Boxer, for many years and was there in 92 when she and Dianne Feinstein were elected to the Senate. And of course, as time went on, you become conscious of the fact that with two people occupying the Senate seats for so long, there's a huge pool of candidates eager to move up. California also has term limits for state legislators, so they're constantly on the move. And even with all that, and with 37 million people there, Al, I would have come up with the same first two choices as you, Xavier Becerra, who's now the Attorney General, replaced Kamala Harris and Karen Bass as well. Added to the mix, I think, is that Governor Newsom is reported to be looking at running for president eventually and maybe thinking about his own politics in addition to California politics as he prepares to make that choice. Ryan, will Republicans see a pickup opportunity running against an appointed senator in California? I don't pretend to know what the machinations of the Republican Party in California are, but looking at it from the outside, it strikes me as a pretty remote possibility, given that a Republican didn't even make it on the ballot last time there was a Senate race in California um, when Senator Feinstein won. The Republican Party on a statewide level appears to be um, pretty hard pressed to win an office at the federal uh, in one of the federal statewide offices. So I wouldn't think so, Drew. Right. Jungle primaries in California. So the top two primary vote getters face off in the general, even if those top two primary vote getters are from the same party. Carmen Cita, let me circle back to you. This is the ninth consecutive Democratic ticket on which Democrats have included a United States senator as the vice presidential candidate. You worked in the Senate. In fact, you worked for the Senate Democratic leader, Chuck Schumer. Do you have a a sense of why Democrats always pick senators as vice presidential nominees? I don't know that I can answer that question. You know, I think it's, you know, maybe a matter of their, you know, national prominence. And they are obviously responsible for managing, you know, significant issues that impact, you know, the American people. But, you know, I don't know, you know, what the rhyme or reason is for uh, only choosing senators. I think they're very talented people in the United States Senate, but there are lots of talented people um, across our country in many uh, political bodies. Well, thanks, Carmen Sita. Brian, let me put a, a variation on that question to you. During that same period, uh, nine elections, the only senator to run as the Republican vice presidential nominee was Dan Quayle, who was George H.W. Bush's running mate in 88-92. Why are the Republicans less predictable in their VP choices? Does the consideration of a broader range of possible nominees give the Republicans an advantage in this kind of process? So even Dan Quayle was a little bit of a surprise, um, if I remember correctly, among Bush's advisors. And so you're right. It's unusual for Republican nominees to pick um, somebody from the Senate. And one reason for that, I don't know that there's one reason for it, but one possible reason for that is that the party, the kind of narrative uh, of the Republicans are very comfortable with is the narrative of the outsider. And whether it's George um, W. Bush, you know, the Texan or John McCain, the maverick. Um, or Ronald Reagan, the Westerner coming to Washington, 
that that's been a kind of consistent theme in Republican presidential races. And you know, one one exception to that, arguably, is George H.W. Uh, Bush himself, who is very very much establishment. And so it sort of strikes me that him going against that tradition is not that surprising, given that he himself is sort of an exception to that tradition. But uh, you're right; it's been unusual for Republicans to pick senators. And that's that's my s- suggestion as to why. Well, let me play that out just a little bit further with Al. What Brian is suggesting is that there's an advantage in picking outsiders, at least under the Republican brand. Those outsiders tend not to have Washington congressional voting records. The easiest way to criticize a candidate, of course, is based on their voting record. Democrats always pick people with Washington voting records. Is that a disadvantage for Democrats? I don't really think so. I think that for the reasons we stated at the outset, the vice presidential pick typically doesn't matter that much. I do think that with respect to why Democrats have picked senators, it isn't reflective of any bias, but it just happened to have been the case in the instances at hand that it made the most sense. Uh, Both with Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, you had relatively young presidential aspirants who wanted to bolster their credentials by picking someone with gravitas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bill Clinton picked Al Gore, a long-term senator from Tennessee, and uh, Barack Obama picked Joe Biden, a long-term senator from Delaware, that gave them each stature. In this case, Biden's not picking someone to give him stature. He's picking someone to make history. Mm -hmm. That person happened to be a senator. So I, I don't think there's too much to it in terms of a pattern or practice. But I do agree with Brian that um, Republicans tend to run more as outsiders and also to be distrustful of Washington. And so if you're distrustful of Washington and you're attracting voters who are distrustful of Washington, it's better not to pick someone who is of Washington. Well said. Well, thank you, Carmen Cita. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Al. This has been another Brownstein podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Brownstein High at Farbershreck podcast series. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Visit bhfs.com for more information.